Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ArdenFBC.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Oh, box of chocolates. Russell Stover. Well, it is Father's Day, so hopefully you guys are enjoying something good, maybe a steak on the grill today. Uh, I'm trying to find some um, caramel. Can you guys help me on here? One of these is caramel. Uh, let's see. Oh, I missed it. That's not caramel. Okay, let's see. It's supposed to be square. Hmm, let's try this one. Milk chocolate. Okay. Just want to say to all our fathers out there, happy Father's Day from Arden First Baptist. We want you to know that you're a gift to us. Thanks again for joining us. Go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24. And as you turn there, I want to ask you a few questions. Have you ever felt like God was there, but you were unaware? Has there ever been times in your life where God showed up and you didn't realize it after the fact? Have you ever missed out on God's best for your life in any particular situation? If you're like me, I've answered yes to those questions. How many of you today would like to experience more of God in your life, more of his presence and awareness of his activity? If that's you, I just want to encourage you to lean forward. Um, God's got a message for you today. This is a very special message. Today we're going to be in Luke 24, and we're going to talk about the road to Emmaus. And many of you are familiar with this passage. Some of you, this is the first time you've heard about it. How many of you have ever seen Undercover Boss? Uh, that's one of a really cool show where basically a CEO goes undercover and really surprises all of the employees whenever he or she reveals their true identity. And it's like the CEO was there the whole time and they just weren't aware that he was there or she was there. And then he usually or she usually surprises the employees with, with blessings. And for those who were uh, disgruntled with the company, it's kind of like a wake-up call. In today's passage, we're going to see how Jesus shows up along the road to Emmaus with two disciples. And they were walking with Jesus, they were talking to Jesus and with him, but they weren't aware of it. So go ahead and look down to Luke 24. We're going to start in verse 13, and the scripture will be on your screen as we read along. Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which is seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which happened. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained and they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? I just want to pause there. Isn't it fascinating how Jesus shows up and he's talking to two of his followers, two of his disciples, and they're not even aware that it's Jesus with them. Verse 18 then one of those whose name was Cleopas answered and said, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and you have not known the things which have happened in these days? And Jesus said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a mighty prophet, a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping 
that it was he who was able to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things has happened. Yes, and certain women of her company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, and him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And at beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them all the scriptures concerning the things concerning himself. Now look at verse number 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And Jesus indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. He went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as Jesus sat at the table with them, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And Jesus vanished from their sight. Now, before we read verse 32, I just want to pause there for a moment. Imagine what that would have been like to have dinner with Jesus. And all of a sudden you recognize, wait a second, Jesus has been with us all this time. And we were unaware of it. And then Jesus just disappears out of their sight. Verse 32. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us, so they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And as they told about these things that had happened on the road and how Jesus was known to them in the breaking of bread. Let's pray over God's word. Father, as we read your word, speak to our hearts. And as we talk about Jesus showing up and these disciples unaware, help us to be more aware of your presence. And God, even as we listen to your word, make us aware of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those of you who are just joining us on Facebook Live, uh, thanks so much for worshiping with us today. We're in Luke 24. I would encourage you to go ahead and like this uh, worship service and share it on your homepage. And today we're going to talk about how Jesus is often there and we are unaware. So today's title is Jesus was there and I was unaware. So let's first of all start off talking about why is God present and sometimes we're not aware of his presence. The first reason is number one, sometimes Jesus shows up in our everyday life experiences and we don't recognize it because our eyes are not yet open. Look back at verse 13. It says, Behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus which was seven miles from Jerusalem. So this is what is often talked about as the walk to Emmaus. They're walking, and these two disciples, one of them, one of them whose name is Cleopas, is walking and talking to the other, and they're talking about Jesus. And they're like, what happened? We thought that he was going to be the Messiah, and all of a sudden our leaders have killed him and crucified him, and there's this report that he's risen from the dead, and angels have shown up, and all this, all this is going on. In verse 14, it says that all of a sudden... It says, they talked together, all these things. In verse 15, it says, as they were talking, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. It says, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. So Jesus showed up to these unexpecting disciples. Now, why were they unexpecting? Why didn't they expect Jesus to show up? 
Well, first of all, they thought it was all over because Jesus had died. They thought that all their hopes and dreams were forever dashed. And I want to ask you this question, and this is in the midst of this coronavirus. This is in the midst of all that we're going through. Have you ever thought it was over? Just like these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they thought it was over. They didn't expect Jesus to show up. And a lot of you today, you think it's over. Now, I want to take you back on a journey of your life. There have been many times where you said, it's over. Going back when you were in school, you ever remember that you failed a class in school, some of you did, and you thought it was over? You, you brought the F on the report card and you're like, Mom, I can't believe it, I failed. You thought it was over, but guess what? You end up passing the class later on. How many of you remember that time when your girlfriend, boyfriend broke up with you and you thought, thought it was all over? I could think about the different times where either I had my heart broken or I broke someone else's heart and you thought it was over. What about that time when you, your car got hit? And it was your fault. And you saw the the bill, the other car, the damage, and you're like, it's over. I'm financially ruined. Whenever you didn't land that dream job in your 20s and you thought it was all over, you're like, my career's over. I'm never going to amount to anything. In your 30s, you remember you thought that life was going to get better and it got worse in your 30s. And you're like, man, I thought 30s was supposed to be great. Or if you're 30 and still single. How many of you say, like, man, it's over. I'm never going to meet Mr. Wright. I'm never going to meet Mrs. Wright. What about in your 40s? You still didn't know what you want to be when you grow up. How many of you for, people in your 40s still think that? I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, and I'm in my 40s. Some of you in your 50s, you, you've experienced a lot of trauma. Some of you, you had your spouse walk out on your 50s, and you thought it was over. What about in your retirement years? Some of you got a negative report from the doctor, and when you saw the doctor's report, you thought it was over. Beyond that, there's many things in life that you look at it and it seems like all is going to be over. But I, I want to just speak to you in, in the comfort of your living room, your kitchen, wherever you're at today, that whenever you think it's over, whenever you think it's just the ending, that's just the beginning, God shows up and sometimes we're, un, we're unaware of it. And I love this passage that we recognize that Jesus wants you to realize it's not over. He wants you to realize that whenever you think it's over, it's time to start over. When you feel like you breathe your last breath, it's time to breathe again. Breathe in the life of Jesus. Just when you feel like it's the end of something, God tells you it's just the beginning of something brand new. For every time you think that it's over, that's when Jesus shows up. Every time something dies in your life, that's when it's time for new life. Don't say it's over because it's not. It's just the beginning. Yes, that thing may be over, but you're not over. God's got something great for you. So back to the text, as they were walking and talking, Jesus shows up in the midst. And they didn't they were unaware. And often God shows up in the ordinary, mundane times in our life. And we, we look around and God's there, but we don't recognize it. Jesus was there, but I was unaware. Because my eyes were restrained. The scripture says, well, why why were they unaware? The Bible says their eyes were restrained. What does it mean for their eyes to be restrained? Well, here's a few thoughts. God is the one who gives sight to the blind. And all of us are spiritually blind. And until God gives you sight, your eyes are restrained. Ephesians 2 says it like this, And you He made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy, even when you were dead, it says, because of His great love and mercy with which He loved us. It says, even... When we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. So I want you to think about that. And it says He raised us up 
in the next verse. Raise us up together, made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So here's the thing. You thought it was over, but it wasn't. You thought that this was the end of you, but it was just the beginning of something new. Jesus was there, and I was unaware. Jesus was talking with me, but I didn't hear His voice. Jesus was walking with me, but I couldn't trace His footsteps. What do you do when Jesus is there and you're unaware? Alright, the second reason why sometimes God's there but I'm unaware, number two, is sometimes Jesus shows up through other people's testimony, but we don't have a heart to hear it. In verses 17 through 24, read with me, it says, He said to them, What kind of conversation is, is it that you have with one another and are sad? I love how Jesus enters into her sadness. And right now, some of you experience great sadness. You're experiencing sorrow. You're experiencing heartbreak. You're looking at the news. You're seeing all the rioting. You're seeing all the looting. You're seeing our worlds being divided. Our worlds being caught on fire. And you're like, where's their hope? I've come to give you hope today that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what you're going through, Jesus shows up in her sadness. The Savior identifies with her sadness. And he begins to ask them, what, what things? And the one whose name was Cleopas in verse 18, he's like, are you unaware what's going on? Uh, this is Jesus of Nazareth. We thought that he was this mighty prophet. and We, we had hopes that he was going to be the Messiah. And they said, we've heard reports from these women that have testified. And last week, for those of you who didn't join us, we talked about shout out to the ladies. We talked about that the women were the first heralds of the resurrection and how God wants to use all people, including women. So they, they go on and they're like, we, we heard the testimony of the, the women and it's astonished us. And, you know, they said, verse 21, we were hoping that he was going to redeem Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since all these things had happened. Hello, Jesus said he would rise the third day. Why are they unaware? Well, sometimes they hear the testimony of others, like the women, and it just doesn't, doesn't, they don't really understand it. It doesn't capture their hearts. It just puts question marks in their minds. I remember growing up, I grew up in a, tr- a church in West Asheville called the Asheville Wesleyan Church. It was a small church, uh, just a little over a hundred people. But something that really captured me is that we would have like fall and spring revival times. Churches today don't do revivals much anymore, but growing up, I remember some of those revival meetings and hearing the testimony of people that were men and women of faith, and they would give testimony of who God was and the mighty works that He had done. And as a teenager, that began to spark things inside my heart. And shortly thereafter, at the age of 14, I began to surrender my life to Christ. And at the age of 15, I got called to ministry. See, friends, God is using people. He's using the body of Christ to speak. And they had heard the testimony of these women, but they didn't respond. They heard about the testimony of the angels, but yet they still didn't understand what was happening. And I just want to highlight from these, these, this passage from verses 17 through 24, I want to highlight the importance of Christian community, that you need community. God created you for community. Now, there's someone listening today that's like, Timothy, you don't understand I'm an extreme introvert. I recharge alone. You know, this whole pandemic, I haven't missed people at all. (laughs) Some of you may say that. But listen, regardless of what your personality type is or your temperament, God created you for community. It goes back to Genesis where God created man in the image of God, the Imagio Dei. And what is the image of God? Well, there's a triune image. We have a Father, a Son, and a Spirit. It's the Holy Trinity. 
And God has had an eternal relationship within the Trinity, within the Godhead. And He created us to be relational just as He's relational. So you need community. Jesus was speaking to me through my Christian community, but I still didn't respond. Jesus was there, but I was unaware. This is what the Emmaus disciples could have said. I, Jesus showed up and I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. Has God ever showed up in your life, but you just were not aware? How do you become more aware of His presence? We're going to talk about that in a moment. The third reason why sometimes God shows up, but we're unaware, number three, Jesus shows up in a reading of the Scriptures, but we don't believe yet what we're reading. Look at verse 25. This is Jesus talking to the two Emmaus disciples. He said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered into His glory? See, friends, a lot of people read the Bible, but they don't want the Bible to read them. A lot of times we read Scripture, but we don't want to follow it. How many of us have grown up listening to the Scriptures? You've heard sermon after sermon, but unless you're applying it, unless you're using the Bible to transform your life, listen, it's just going one ear and out the other. Sometimes Jesus is there, but we're not aware because we're not understanding the Scriptures. And Jesus rebukes them, and He says they're foolish not to believe and respond to God's Word. He said, oh, foolish ones. You know the Scriptures. You know that the Messiah had to suffer before He entered into glory. Why didn't you listen? And He says our hearts become numb to God's truth. He says, slow to heart. How many of us, our hearts become cold because we don't listen to God's Word? How many of us have grown up around the Scriptures, but yet we haven't responded to it? In Romans ten seventeen, it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So I would encourage you, as we read the Bible... Allow God's Word to speak to you. I, I lead a men's Bible study uh, during the summer months in Waynesville, North Carolina. And during the Bible study, there was a guy that, he's a, he's a believer and he's been following Jesus for several years. And he said, Timothy, I've never heard God speak to me. I pray, but I just don't hear, I don't hear God speak. How many of you have ever said that? I've never had God speak to me. Go ahead and put that in the comment section if you want to be honest. Many of us have said that, but listen, every time you open up the Bible, you hear God speak. Because the Bible is God's Word. It doesn't just contain God's Word, but the Bible is God's holy, infallible, inerrant Word. It will never lead you astray. It will always lead you to the person of Jesus Christ if you respond to the message. So you can never say, I've never heard God speak if you've ever read the Bible. If you've ever read the Bible, God has spoken to you. Because the Bible is God's Word. So I hope that will help you. All right, now we're going to change gears a little bit. We talked about the problem. Jesus is there, but I'm unaware. So what's the solution? You're like, Timothy, what's the solution? I, I get it. God shows up. He's there in my everyday experience, but I'm just not aware. Well, how do I become more aware of God's presence? How do I practice the presence of God? I want to give you six practical steps from this text. Each, each of these come from this text. The first one is this. Ask God to open up your spiritual eyes. Ask Him to open your, your spiritual eyes. Look, look at back at verse 16. It says, But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know Him. See, friends, the physical eye cannot perceive the spiritual reality apart from divine grace. A lot of you listening today, you can look back in a time in your life where your eyes were spiritually blinded. People were talking about God. People were talking about grace. People were talking about the things of Jesus, but you just weren't aware. It's because your eyes are blinded. So today, I want you to take the first step of faith. If, you, if your eyes are still not open, Christianity doesn't make sense, just say this prayer. God, open up my eyes. 
help me to see. There's a very special story in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a story about Elisha, and he was surrounded by enemy armies. And I want to read to you the text. It's really special. Uh, 2 Kings 6, 16 and 17. This is Elisha talking to a servant. He's really worried. All these troops are coming against us. What are we going to do? And Elisha says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray that you open his eyes that he may see. Now listen to this. Elisha prayed this prayer of his servant. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So what happened is, in the physical, it looked like it was over. We're surrounded by enemy troops. They're coming to get us. Watch out. They're coming. The enemy's coming. But what Elisha's servant didn't realize was, in the spiritual realm, God had sent angels. And he had sent chariots. And he would sent a whole troop to protect them. And friends, the same is true of you and I. We look around our world. We see what's happening on the news. But here's my prayer. God, open my eyes that I may see what you're doing. Open my eyes that I may see. It looks it may look like we're losing the battle, but we're not because we're on the winning side. So friends, no matter what you're going through, ask God to open your eyes. This may look like a setback, but it's actually set up. This may look like it's over, but it's just the beginning. Jesus is aware of what you're going through. And He wants you to be aware of His presence that this is not the over this is not the end. God's got something greater in store. This is the second step. How do we become more aware of His presence? Instead of saying, Jesus was there and I was unaware, how can we change it to Jesus was there and I was aware? Number two, listen to the testimony of other Christ followers. In verses 22 through 24, it talks about the women who came to the tomb early. And they begin to tell the, the gospel story that Jesus is not here. He's risen just like He predicted. So why didn't the Emmaus disciples listen to the testimony of the women? It's because at the time, they were unaware of what God was doing. At the time, they were spiritually blinded to what God was doing. So listen to what the Christ followers, what they're telling you about God. Listen to the people that God's sending in your life. How many people has God sent saying, this is what I feel God's saying through His Word. This is the right way, and, and you and I push up against it. Friends, listen to the Christ followers in your life, God speaks through His body. In Proverbs twelve fifteen, it says, "Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others." Do you think your own way is right, or do you listen to advice? That means if either if you're foolish or you're wise. Proverbs nineteen twenty says, "Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days." So, friends, if you want to be wise, if you want to experience God's presence, if you want to realize that Jesus is there and you are aware, listen to the body of Christ. Listen to what other spirit-filled Christ followers are saying. Jesus spoke to me through one of his followers. Jesus was there and I was aware is what you want to be able to say. All right, the third step. Someone say, Jesus is there. Go ahead and type it out on your, your Facebook. Jesus was there. And I was aware, the third step to being aware of the presence of God when Jesus shows up. Ask God for a new heart that's receptive to the Word of God. Look at verse 25. Jesus said, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. See, friends, a cold, stubborn heart doesn't receive the Word of God. But a new, warm heart, it longs for the Word of God. It, it, it desires God's Word. 
you find yourself devouring God's Word like your favorite meal. You find yourself in His Word in the morning and in the evening and throughout the day. In Psalm 119, 105, the psalmist says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In Deuteronomy 11, verse 1, it says, Love the Lord your God and keep His requirements, His decrees, His laws, and His commands always. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus said in John 14:15, If you love me, keep my commandments. And in the next chapter of John 15:14, Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command. You want to be able to say, Jesus was there and I was aware because I treasured His Word daily, like my daily bread. All right, the fourth action step. How do I become more aware of when God shows up. Just like these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus was there and they were unaware. How do you flip it? How do you become more aware of God's presence? Number four, read the Bible in a new way. Discover how every passage points to Jesus. Look at verse number 26 and 27. Skip down to verse 27. It says, Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself See, Jesus pointed to his passion. When you read through the Old Testament scriptures, you realize it predicts a suffering servant. In Psalm 22, it talks about piercing his hands and feet, pointing to the cross. In Isaiah 53, it talks about the suffering servant who was despised and rejected. And it says that by his stripes we are healed. Throughout all of scripture, you see that God is going to send a Messiah that was going to come and live a perfect life. But what some people failed to realize was the Messiah was going to have to suffer. He was going to have to die on a cruel, wretched cross for our sins. But by the power of God, He was going to rise the third day. Friends, every scripture points us to Jesus. So every time you look at the Bible, whether it's the book of Genesis, whether it's the book of Leviticus, and it's all these genealogies, so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so, every book of the Bible, every page, every verse, every word points to Jesus. So here's a simple practice. Every time you read the Bible, ask, how does this point me to Jesus? How does this point me to the cross? How does this point me to the work of Jesus, His life, His death, His resurrection? Every passage points to Jesus. So if you want to be more aware of Jesus, every time you read the Bible, make a beeline to the cross. How does this show me more about Jesus? Every passage Every principle, every precept points us to Jesus Christ. Number five, this is the fifth step of being able to say Jesus was there and I was aware. Make it a habit of spending quality time with Jesus. In verse 28 and 29, it says, They drew near to a village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. Now, I think that's quite fascinating. Jesus is like, I'm going to keep going. And they're like, No, Jesus, stay. I want you to stay a little while. In verse 29, it says they constrained him. No, please stay. We want you to stay. And they said, abide with us for it's toward evening. The day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Friends, when I was 14, I had an experience that changed my life. I was in the eighth grade and uh, getting ready to go in the ninth grade. And I went to this school camp called the Wilds. It's in Brevard, North Carolina, the Wilds camp. And they did something I never... I mean, I've heard about it, but I never really practiced it, was they said, I want you to get out in the woods with your Bible 
and I want you to talk to God. And I'm like, wow, this is, you know, I'm a Christian, but talk to God? What does that look like? And they said, pick a passage and pray over it and just talk to God like you're talking to me. And so at 14, I'm like, this is kind of awkward, but uh, I did it. And during that time, I made a commitment. I said, God, from this day forward, I'm going to have a daily quiet time, a daily devotional time with you every day of my life. And I remember, friends, by God's grace, to my knowledge, I've kept that. There are certain times I remember going on vacation, like to Disney or certain times, and I'm laying there in the hotel bed at night, and I'm like, wait a second, did I read the Bible? No, I didn't. And my mind went back to when I was 14 and made that commitment. So I remember even one night in a hotel uh, thinking about God's Word, like, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And I would just quote the scripture in my heart so I could continue to have that fellowship with God. So I'm well into my 30s and it's been several decades of this. And I tell you what, that's one of been the greatest decisions of my life, apart from following Jesus, is to spend time with him daily in his word. Notice how the special travelers, the two travelers, uh, talk to Jesus as he said, abide with us. This makes me think of John chapter 15. Jesus himself says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abide in the, abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So friends, Jesus wants an abiding relationship with you. What is an abiding relationship? It means to have a, a quality time. It means to fellowship with him. It means that you talk to Jesus throughout the day. And you're like, well, what does that look like? We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. So Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will open the door to him. I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. So think about that. If anyone hears my voice, it opens the door. That's saying you've got to open the door. Jesus said he'll come in and he will dine with you and you with him. So here's some tips. I want you to write this down. This is uh, just kind of getting practical. How do we experience Jesus daily? How do we experience the presence of God daily? First of all, we talk to God through prayer. Prayer is not just talking to God, it's talking with God. It's, 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 it's presenting your heart and listening because God will speak to you through promptings in your heart. It's that still, small voice. And I'm not saying you're going to hear an audible voice like, Hello, Timothy, this is God. I'm not saying you'll, you'll experience that, but you will, you'll feel these impressions in your heart. And God will begin to speak with you. Uh, listen to God as you read His Word daily. For those of you who are just beginning, I would encourage a chapter a day. Start maybe in the book of John. Start in the book of Proverbs. Read a chapter a day and just say, God, I'm reading Your Word. And this is something I also learned as a teenager, maybe about 16 years old. One of my uh, friends, his mother said, Timothy, every time I read the Bible, I pray, God, help me understand Your Word. So I... Uh, Almost daily, I've said that same prayer. I learned it from, actually, Daniel Carter, if you're listening, um, his mom. I pray that God, as I read your word, help me understand it. Because I want to understand what God's saying. So as you read God's word, he speaks to you. What about worship music? You know, many of you uh, love the old hymns. They're all over YouTube. Some of you like the more modern, contemporary stuff. So I would encourage you to play worship music in your car. Play worship music in your house. I have a pastor friend in Charleston, and he said, Timothy, one way I kept the enemy's presence out of my house is I prayed worship music throughout the day. I was like, the devil doesn't want to get near the praises of God. So he said, I just kept the Christian station playing throughout my house. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Just keep the worship music playing. Some of you are better than, uh, than others at this is journaling. I'm not as good as this. I need to get better. But 
write a journal. Keep track of what God's doing. These are ways for you to trace where God was there. I also would encourage times of fasting and prayer. That's important. Special time set aside for prayer and fasting. For those of you who attend Arden First, every January we dedicate at least 10 days of fasting. And it starts the year off right, saying, God, we give this time to you. Go go before us. Uh, Christian fellowship, that's important. You need community. You need to be connected. Another thing, a part of Christian fellowship is church attendance. Now, I know it's hard for some of you that, you know, the quarantine and you're, you're alone. But whenever it's safe for you to come back, I would encourage you not to get in the habit of not going to church. The Bible says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So don't get in the habit of not going to church. That's very important. All right, finally, the final tip, and then we're going to have some results. What happens when we put these steps in, into practice? Number six, fellowship with Jesus at his table. Look at verse 30. Now, it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, Jesus broke bread. He blessed it and he gave it to them. So notice they ate together. They had a meal. And this is such a beautiful picture. We know for the Christ follower, Jesus said the bread represents his body. So it's, it's having this meal with him, but also it points every time you take communion or the Lord's Supper, it reminds you of his body that was broken for you. His body was broken so that you could be made whole. Jesus was nailed to the cross and your sins were taken there so that you could be forgiven and set free. Amen. What a mighty God we serve because he took what we deserved. Jesus was there, and I was aware because I ate my daily bread. And that reminded me that Jesus was there with me. Jesus was there, and I was aware because I was reminded of His beautiful body, which is broken for me. So, friends, I want you to switch it. Instead of saying, Jesus was there, and I was unaware, I want you to put these six steps into practice so that you can say, Jesus was there, and I was aware. All right, here's the result. What happens when you begin to practice the presence of God, when you begin to see God at work, even in the small mundane things of life, the results are your eyes will be open. Verse 31, it says, then their eyes were open. You will know Jesus personally. It said, then they knew him. And your heart will burn with passion for God's word. In verse 32, they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Friends, it's time for God to set our hearts on fire. It's time for some spirit-filled Christians to be set on fire so that people will come from miles around to watch you burn. Burn with passion for the Lord. Burn with purpose. Burn with this holy intensity that God is for me. It doesn't matter who's against me. Someone once said that if God sets you on fire, people will come from miles around just to watch you burn. So Jesus, I want you to set me on fire so the world can watch me burn for you. Jesus was there and I was aware. Another result is you will want to share your experiences with Jesus with others. In verses 33 through 35, it says, They rose up that very hour and turned to Jerusalem. They went and talked to the eleven. And the eleven's like, look what happened. They said, the Lord's risen and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. So they're sharing with one another. Look, Jesus has appeared to Simon. Well, Jesus showed up with us and they began to fellowship and dialogue. So friends, that's going to be the result. If you have experienced Jesus today, you want to tell other people about it today. If you've had encounters with God, you want to share that with others. Reached people, reach people. Those who have been reached by Jesus, reach people for Jesus. 
and it, when you have a, a daily walk with him, friends, we're talking about practicing the presence of God, that you're aware of his presence in everything. I once read about this monk in a monastery that he got to the point that even picking up a piece of trash was an act of worship. He's like, I'm picking up this piece of trash because the earth is the Lord's and I want to keep it beautiful. What would it be like if you experienced God's presence in your everyday life? So a little review, friends. We talked about why we don't experience God's presence. Jesus was there and I I was unaware. And then we talked about how to flip the script, how to be aware of his presence. The six steps, just review, is we've got to ask God to open up our spiritual eyes. Number two, listen to the testimony of other Christ followers. Are you in community with people? Are you listening to what other Christ followers are saying? Number three, ask God for a new heart that's receptive to the word of God. Every time you open up the Bible, friends, you're hearing God's word. The Bible is God's word. Number four, read the Bible in a new way. You discover how every passage points to who? Points to Jesus. Number five, make it a habit of spending quality time with Jesus. I would encourage you today as one of your action steps, if you've never made the commitment to make a commitment saying, God, starting today, I'm going to read your word every day. Starting today, I'm going to talk with you every day. Make that a commitment. It's so important. And finally, fellowship with Jesus at his table. Every time you have a meal, say a blessing over the meal and ask Jesus to, to meet with you. If you're part of a family, ask Jesus to have the empty seat just as a symbol. If you're a single adult, realize that you're never alone because Jesus is with you. Invite him to sit at the table because his presence is real. His presence invades the whole world. And if you're a believer, his presence lives inside of you. So invite Jesus to have that meal with you. So here's your challenge. It's very simple. I want to challenge each and every one of us to practice the presence of God daily. Don't be like these two disciples on the road to Emmaus that they were walking along. They were talking about Jesus, but yet Jesus was there and they weren't aware. I want you to be a believer that you realize that Jesus is there in everything you say and do. He's there. Invite his presence into your life. So here's today's big idea. Jesus is there and you can be fully aware of his presence as you seek him in your daily life. So are you seeking him? Here's a few action steps to make this practical. Number one, start out each and every day with a meaningful time with God. Make it a commitment. Say, God, starting today, I'm going to have a daily devotional time with you and keep it. It's very important. Number two, talk with God throughout your day. Don't just start your day off with God. Have a conversation with him. Now, this doesn't mean that you close your eyes while you're driving. Do not do that. But it does mean that you have a relationship with them so that if you see in an ambulance or hear an ambulance, you say, God, help that person. As you have your daily meals, you say, God, thank you for this food. As you see someone hurting or suffering, you just lift up a prayer, God, be with that person. Invite God in your everyday life. And finally, learn how to practice his presence, even in the small, seemingly mundane activities, because God is with you and he's for you. Friends, will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word and how that it points us to Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're aware of what we're going through, but help us to be aware that you're with us and that you'll never leave us. As believers continue to pray, I want to first talk to the Christ follower that you, were, you, you know theologically that God is there. He, he lives inside of you through the person of the Spirit, but in your everyday life, you, do, you don't often acknowledge his presence. So if that's you, I want to point you to the gospel. I want you to say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I realize that you're aware, but I've just not been practicing your presence. 
Forgive me for that. Forgive me for being in your presence and being unaware. Jesus, help me this day forward to be more aware of your activity in my life. As the believers continue to pray, I want to speak to someone today that as we talk about the presence of Jesus, you realize that you've never invited Jesus into your life. And the Bible says that he stands at the door of your heart and he knocks, but you have to open up and invite him in. So friends, if you want to receive Jesus, it means to believe the gospel. It means to ask him to open your blinded eyes so you can see. So if you want to become a believer today, this is something that you receive as a personal relationship. I want you to say this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and I believe that you rose again. And Jesus, I'm aware that you're knocking on my heart. And Jesus, I ask you to come in. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to change my life. And Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins. I know that you died on the cross for my sins. So I confess them and I turn from them and I turn to you. I choose to follow you as my Lord and my Savior and my best friend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining us for Arden at Home today. As you share this with your friends, I just want you to carry this theme with you throughout the week. Jesus was there and I am aware. Practice his presence each and every day. If you made a decision of any sort, whether it's receiving Christ or growing closer to him by spending time daily with him, please email us at office at ardenfirstbaptist.org or you can direct message us right here on Facebook. Realize that God's plans for you are amazing. No matter what you're going through, he's with you and he's for you. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for being our special guest today. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about having a relationship with Jesus, please email us at office at ardenfirstbaptist.org. If you live in the Asheville area, we would love for you to be our guest at Arden First Baptist Church. For more inspiring resources, visit us online at ardenfbc.com. Join us next week for another message from Pastor Timothy Brown.